0: Our next speaker, uh, Dr. Sucheta Paranspeh, is going to thread even further and she is going to talk to us about textiles in ancient Indian literature. But I would like to introduce Dr. Paranjpe to you before that. Dr. Sucheta Paranjpe is a very well-known Sanskritist and Vedic scholar based in Pune. Learning and teaching Sanskrit was Sucheta Ji's dream and mission since her high school days. Because of that, even though she had a state rank and most people at that point of time would have chosen science stream and become doctors or engineers, Thai actually decided that she wanted to take up Sanskrit Adhyayan uh, and Adhyapan as a career. And she has been doing that ever since. She completed her graduate and postgraduate degree in Sanskrit from Pune University. She collected all possible prizes and scholarships for Sanskrit studies. She is a fellow of the Ferguson College. She holds a PhD in Sanskrit and is an acknowledged Vedic scholar. She has worked as a professor of Sanskrit at Tilak Maharashtra Vidyapeet. She has worked at Bhandarkar Oriental Research Institute in Pune in their prestigious Mahabharat project, and she's still a scholar on the Mahabharat project. It's, it's a mission of a lifetime. She is the visiting faculty of Sanskrit at Macalester College, US, and Leipzig University in Germany. She's a very popular speaker on subjects related to Sanskrit literature and Vedic literature. And today she's going to talk to us about the mention of weaving and textiles in ancient Sanskrit and Buddhist and Jain literature. Over to you, Sitchatakai.
1: Thank you. I hope everybody can hear me.
0: Yes, perfectly.
1: Okay. Tantra meke yuvati virupe abhyakramam vayata shanmayukham anya Nagamato antam just as sonal ji right now said in her amazing speech that we all begin our prayer uh, we begin the speech with prayer so uh, have i done that and i begin my speech with this prayer in the vedic literature Incidentally, before I go ahead, let me tell you one thing. I will be speaking mostly about weaving and weavers as they are mentioned in ancient literature. And by ancient, I really mean ancient, right from Rugveda onwards. Okay. Now, I won't go into the details of the period of Rugveda but generally it is accepted that it was composed in 3000 BC, which means it is 5000 years before today that Rugveda was composed and whatever I say would be, would is true of period, which is 5000 years before this. Excuse me, mother. I was just checking with my video and all. It's okay.
0: It's okay. Your
1: video, audio, everything is okay. So you okay. Can In Rugveda we have this idea of weaving. And why does this idea come on and off? And for that, I must tell you how the whole thing worked. I think when the originally man started living his life, we all know that there are three necessities of life. The first one is Anna, food. The second one is Nivara, that is shelter. And the third is Vastra, that is, of course, garments or clothing. Now what happened was when the man started living in forests, maybe or on the rocks and hills and everything. Anna was provided by nature. Initially, I'm talking about the initial stage. They could survive by eating fruit and even kanda, as we call them, roots. They could have milk of the animals and they survived. Caves gave them shelter. Sometimes even big trees gave them shelter. But what would they do for the clothing, for Vastra? And that time they must have started using what we call valkala or the bark of the trees. So they took out the bark, draped them around their bodies, and that is how the need for clothing was fulfilled. But just see, just as food and shelter also kept on growing and progressing, garments, Vastra also did that. And so people started thinking of new ideas and this is my reasoning behind the whole thing, that man has learned everything from nature. So Nalji told us just now how we watch nature and learn so many things. So what happened was, probably man learned to spin the yarn from spiders. Imagine that. Or man learned to weave, looking at the way the birds make their nests. You must have seen. And there is one word, it is called baya in Marathi or sugarana. It is called a weaver bird in English. So you would realize that weaver birds, they were weaving, they were doing weaving and from that man must have got the idea and they started having what we call warp and weft. But before that stage, There was another thing and this thing was wool, the raw material. They had lots of sheep and goat. They were shepherds, the Rugvedic people, and they were also cattle grazers. So they had lots of wool and from which they cleaned the wool. They made yarn out of the wool. Just imagine how they made yarn of the wool and they started what we say knitting. So knitting was knitting you can even do with your hands. So that is how it must have started and later on they used some other material maybe sticks and all you know to make a woolen cloth. You will be surprised but in the excavations of Mohenjo Daro and Harappa spinning yarn not exactly yarn but spinning discs have been found and it is A piece of cloth has been found at Mohenjo-daro. It is yet to be investigated into details, but there is a piece of some kind of garment in uh, Sindhu-Samskriti that is Indus Valley Civilization. If you remember, there are two famous statues from Indus Valley uh, excavations. One is the Nartaki who stands in a pose of a Nartaki with her right hand on her hip. And the second one is called purohita, the priest. He is a priest. I mean, this is the guess of the scholars. But what is very important that he wears, actually more than wear, he drips, <coughs> uh, sorry, drips something around his body and over his shoulder, something like the toga of the Romans. Right now, Sonalji mentioned that non-stitched clothes, so these non-stitched clothes, even our sari or dhoti, you know, they are actually non-stitched clothes, you wear them, uh, you don't wear them, you drape them along, so this is how weaving started and weaving became a part of their life, so much so that you will be surprised that very soon they thought of a loom. And of course, in those days, it was a hand loom. There was no other way. You will not believe me, but in Rugveda there is a word which is Tantram. My prayer with which I started, it is from Atharvaveda. But it says, there are two young women who stand facing each other. One of them stretches the thread and the other one weaves this is the description of warp and weft as we all know I won't go into the details not only that there is mayukha mayukha is the place where all the thread is hanging so that it remains straight and stiff to do that they later on not in Vedic times I mean at least there is no mention but small amounts of lead. They so the words which I said just now, tells you Tantra Meke Yuvati Virupe, and they not only have Mayukha, but they also have what we call Tasara. Tasara, it shuttles. Tasaraani chakruhu. Now just imagine, they have a handloom, they have shuttles, they know about warp and weft, which means, Right in the Vedic period, the art of weaving had gone way ahead than what we might imagine. We all think that it is ancient times. People didn't know anything, but they knew a lot of things and all this are there. Since weaving was a part of their daily life, you know who used to uh, weave, who used to spin the cotton, not exactly only cotton, but uh, the yarn out of the raw material, it was always the women. The women would do that. They were delicate workers and they would do it very finely. I think even today, embroidery, except for professional tailors, embroidery at home level is always done or stitching at home level is always done by women. They are good at that art. So weaving, Part of what we have about Rugveda is only poems, right? We don't have any excavation site for Rugvedic period up till now. So in the poetry, we get evidences. And what kind of evidence we have? What kind of proof? There are these two deities, Usha and Nakta. Usha Sanakta, they are called. That is Dawn and evening, both twilight's actually. So Usha what Usha does, it she weaves, just remember this, they use these words, Usha Ranvite, iva. Like vayi, the female weaver, they weave the net of thread, and sometimes of darkness, and light and darkness, and they spread the cloth over the world. So you would realize that even the similes come from the uh, their own imagery which are related to um, this weaving. Ms. So, uh, Honourable Sonalji gave us lots of examples from the ancient times, but I will give you some examples from Rugvedic times. There are different types of clothes which are mentioned. And uh, of course, some clothes were not stitched, which we were just draped along. But some were stitched with a needle. There is a reference to a needle in Rugvedic suktas, that is poems. And it says, sucha, that is suchi, you know, a chidya a needle which does not have an eye. And you must have noticed that the way the surgeons stitch a wound, suturing, that needle doesn't have an eye. And what they do is, we know how they do it. Or even the people who stitch your torn shoes and all, you know, cobblers, they also do the same thing. So there is a reference of Sucha Achidya which means clothes were stitched and stitched according to your size, according to your choice, according to even climate. She mentioned just now that a lot of things depend on like this. She said, this is my summer wardrobe. So even those people must be thinking of that and with this, They not only stitched clothes, but they also embroidered it. And there are references in Rugveda that young women wear beautiful clothes. They are decked up by their mothers because they are going for some gathering where they will meet a partner for life probably. In Samana it is called. So when they go there, they do a lot wonderful hairstyle, chatush kaparda four types of different hairstyle and yuvati supesha peshas is vastra peshas is something which is a vastra which is woven okay and these women when they go there these vastras these garments are not ordinary ones they have gold embroidery hiranya pesha we know the word "hiranya" gold. Later on, we have refer- references even to "jata rupa" that it's silver thread which embroiders the clothes. So you can imagine when we talk about weaving and textile industry and Kanchipuram and Sambalpuram. Please remember that all this has a history of five thousand years. It's not only a history; it's a tradition. It's our culture and therefore our culture is rich with weaving. So these women, they would wear this. There are so many other references to different types of clothes. For example, there is something called drapi. Now drapi is something which is worn over your garment by people belonging to a higher social strata. Now, just imagine, this is what Rugveda tells you, all the deities like uh, Varuna and all, they are wearing this drapi. Sometimes even women who belong to the noble families, there were not royal families then, but noble families would wear that. And I'm reminded that during the Peshwa times in Maharashtra, I mean, I have seen one such person Even when I was young in Pune, they used to wear brocade jackets on the blouse and they would wear a nine yard sari. So that they stick to, but they used to wear brocade jackets and that is very important. The tradition again belongs to Rugveda. So, which is very interesting. Then there is a discussion about Vikartana. Vikartana is a type of garment which is used mostly by young girls. And you know V, V is vishesha, so forget about that. Kartana, even today we know, Kartana, Kesha Kartanaalai, Kartana is to cut. And the word kartha, and the English word skirt, are phonetically almost the same. In fact, they are the same. And the linguist would tell you that Vikartana is nothing but V, that is a special type of Karta, that is skirt. So there were skirts that they were wearing when they were young. There was Uttariya, which was called Vasa, and the one which would they wear on their proper dress was called Adhivasa. There are wonderful and affectionate examples from this. As you know, Indra was the commander of the army of gods, right? And everybody wanted Indra to come to their side to fight for them. So one Rook tells you that one Rushi is pulling at the Uttariya of Indra, just as a small child would pull at the Uttariya of his father to attract his attention. Can you believe this? I mean, not only about the different types of clothes, but even the feelings in Vedic literature are wonderful. More wonderful and what should I say? Very touching idea is there is a Sukta or a poem in Rugveda about what we call Antyashti, the last funeral rites. It is ishti, the last Yadnya which you make where you offer your body to fire. And at after Antyashti, even today, we collect the bones later on. And nowadays we kind of flow them off in a river or something. In those days, they would make a burrow in the uh, ground and put the clay pot containing those bones and hide it. They would spread some earth on that. Just see how many customs are common all over the world. And this is how they would bury the bones at that time. The rook, which says something beautiful is, O Prithvi, take care of this child of yours, just as, A mother takes a baby under her achala. The word used in the Drugaveda is sicha. Just as the mother takes the baby under her achala, you also take him under your achala and care, protect, and love him. What a wonderful thing. But just as we have references. To Antieshti, there is a wonderful thing which I must tell you because that is important, and this tradition is used here. And I know someone in Pune who is going to talk to you about it later, and I will reserve that thing for her. <coughs> the Vadhu or the bride, when she goes for a wedding, of course, she uses she wears a very special, let's say Sari a dress whatever they were wearing at that time even today all over India your wedding dress it's something special here in Maharashtra we always wear what is called ashtaputri. (laughs) literally it means something which you wear that you will have eight sons and your eight children that is always yellow in the north, I know they always wear red. There are some tri, uh, people, some states, which wear white with red border. So, Vadu Vastra is a special thing. And this Vadu Vastra, the Vadu herself was supposed to weave. That is the most important thing. So, the Vadu woods, it used to be called Shamulya. That Vadu Vastra, which she takes over and above her dress, so it is something like what we call Shela in Marathi. In Maharashtra, you wear a highly brocaded sari as a vadu, and on top of that you take a Shela. So this Shamulya was that and it is in this context that the bride says Rakam Aham Sushtutim. I offer my prayers to a deity called raka this raka would give her the impel and inspiration to weave a beautiful uh, vadu vastra shamulya and that she would weave and stitch not uh, stitch right with sucha manaya, with a needle which has no previously so this is what that vadhu talks about anyway this shamulya which was so precious to her was later on given away to the priest i think the priests do even today you know whatever they can they take away but i feel sorry for that vadhu because her vadhu vastra should always stay with her I told you that it was the duty of the women to weave neat and and also stitch clothes. There is a reference in RUGVEDA which says MATA PUTRAYA VASTRANI VAYANTI. The mothers, I think it is in Atharva VEDA, the mothers weave clothes for their child. I have already talked about the loom. And I have already told you that there used to be Mayukha. That is the thread hanging. And also shuttles, which is called Tasara. After Rugveda comes Yajurveda. And in Yajurveda, we have words like Vaya, which means a loom. We have, Sorry, a weaver. Weman we, is loom. Vaya is a male weaver. And uh, Vaya 3 is female weaver. In Rugveda, There is a special word for a female weaver and that is Siri. This Siri is mentioned many times (coughs) where Siri is supposed to have, (coughs) supposed to be the best female weaver. So... Coming to Yajurveda, Veman, Vaya, and Vayatri. But I want to read out some verses from Atharva Veda. Atharva Veda comes much later chronologically than Rugveda. And you must remember that by then, over of say 500 years, a lot of mechanical and technical advancement had happened. Remember, these people could make a small needle, these people could build. Chariots, they could build a house with hundred doors. Sahasradwaram is used in Rugveda, which means they were mechanically much better than what we think they were. So, anyway, in Atharva Veda, I would read two ruchas from there. It says, the first one I already started my uh, talk with. Tantra meke yuvati virupe. So they face each other. One pulls the thread and one with the shuttle weaves the cloth actually. And the most important is there is again a description of Vadhu Vastra. It is called Vivahavastra, which is made from Vanaspati because the entire mantra is addressed to Vanaspati and it says o vanaspati help me build and weave this wonderful vadhu vastra ye anta yavati sicho ya otavo yecha tantavaha this is the most important thing what all does that vadhu vastra have anta the end sicha sicha is something like pallu archal padar in marathi so sicha is that but ye otavaha yecha Tantavaha. This ota and tanta, tantu, we use the word tantu even today when something gets stretched. And so that is vap. And otavaha is that which is interwoven and so that is weft. So these words are used in Atharva Veda. You will be surprised that these words, and I already told you that tantra meant um, this thing, the loom, hand loom actually. So when you talk about words like tantra and sutra and all those things, you realize that it was so popular in those days and it was so commonly done thing of using looms and threads and weaving clothes out of that, that in Sanskrit literature, There is a whole genre of literature, which is called Sutra vangma. So the word Sutra, of course, they give different meaning to that word Sutra, aphorism and all, but basically the word has come from weaving, weaving pattern and Tantra. We know Tantra mantra, that's how we talk about all those vidyas. So Tantra is a loom, which is also a name given to a different type of literature. So that is very important. Now, did they use only uh, bark of the trees and all? Of course not. They used wool and when they shear the wool, they also use the skin. The word is Ajina. Ajah is sheep and the skin of the Aja is called Ajina, but let Later on, you know, people started using words like Mruga-Ajina, Mruga is deer, deer skin is also used, but Mruga and Ajina don't go together. It is like saying the goat skin of a deer. So we will avoid using that. We would say Mruga-Charma. Later on, not in the times, Rugveda does not time, even Vyagra-Charma was used. Even silk was used. It used to be called tarpya. So it was either done from a grass, then it was not silk, or it was called triparya. If it was made from grass, it would be called tarpya. And kshavuma, so Nalji has already mentioned that kshauma and Kaushaya is called silk. Now look at the word Kaushaya comes from the word kosher, which is cocoon. And we all know how on the mulberry tree, all the I mean, we know the whole process. So that which comes from kosher is also called cocoon. I must tell you at this stage itself that in one of the later sutras, Anu Sutras, there is a mention of three types of fabric, you know which they are Andaja, Bondaja and Kreedaja. Under by the way is a Sanskrit word. If you remember the word Hiranyagarbha, Brahmanda. If you see the word Brahmanda, Under is embryo, under is the beginning of creation. So, andaja, now what kind of things they used, we don't know exactly. But the commentators tell you that they use the eggs of swans. Bondaja, bonda is something, the word which is used even today for the cotton flower, bond. So, this is when cotton was commonly used and creedaja is actually silk, which comes from the Cocoon. So this is how it was used. Now after this, I want to talk about Gargi because the topic for this webinar is wonderful. It is in ancient. Um, the topic which was given to me was ancient Indian weaving from ritual to spiritual. I quite like that. How this entire thing went from ritual that is weaving patterns and all to spiritual is very important. In Bruhada Ranyaka Upanishad, there is a famous female philosopher called Gargi. We know this word name and word. And this Gargi, she goes to the court of King Janaka Vaideha and challenges Yajnavalkya, the great philosopher, and tells him, O Yajnavalkya, this is all earth and I can see water everywhere. Kasminnu khalu idam apaha." so the similar imagery from weaving she is using even for philosophy in what is this water contained what sustains this water then he gives some answer Vayu. then she say and Vayu. So you would realize that she uses these words to describe philosophical concepts and understands them and also answers them in the same way. After that, we go to the epics. I must run hurriedly because there is so much to talk after that. In Ramayana, Ramayana comes before Mahabharata. This is what we typically say. So in the Ramayana, again, I'm not going to go into the details of different types of uh, clothes. But I want you to know that different types of weaving patterns are mentioned in Ramayana. Remember when Dasharatha died, Bharata was not in Ayahidya. He was in with his Matula maternal uncle, that is Kekaya. He was staying there. And when he came back, his Matula presented him with 100 amazing Vastras, Adbhutani Vastrani, which had different weaving pattern. We don't know what exactly they were. And there are experts here. So Nalji, maybe next time you can talk about this the hundred types of different Adbutani Vastrani. Not only that, remember that when Bharata goes down to Chitrakuta to meet Rama when he comes to know everything, you know whom he meets? He meets on his way, he meets people like Sutra Karma Visheshanya. I need not tell you the meaning. Sutra Karma, experts of Yama yeah, spinning the yarn. And also he meets Kambalaka. Kambala is of course made from wool. And so he also made uh, met wool weavers. I was reminded of that uh, Baba Kali Kambaliwale from Rushikesh. So there were these people who used to do that even in those times. When we come to Mahabharata, there again, you know, the Vastras and weaving is used. Only when they mention it in when they are given as gift. Remember, Yudhishthira did a Rajasuya. And that Rajasuya, many people gave him many things like money and some small villages and some Vastras. We use the word Vastra Pravarana. Pravarana is what we wear on top. Like I told you, Drapi and Adivas, etc. So these a all the kings gave Yudhishthira wonderful vastras. Even today, for whatever the ceremony, we always give a piece of cloth, or it could be a shawl, it could be a sari, it could be anything, but we always give cloth. So, so what they got was Yudhishthira got from the king of. Ka- Bojstras and they were made important, which I will read out to you: Auran, Vailan, Daushan, Jata Rupa Parishkrutan, and Ajino. Of course, that I will mention. Vailan and Aurnan Uruna is wool, so Auran is woolen clothes, which I, we can understand. But what is Vailo? Vailo is translated as rat hair and Varsha Daunshal is translated as cat hair. I'm giving you the English synonyms for that. The commentators tell you that. And the moment we think of hair, you know, I can't imagine. I'm taking out the hair of rat and weaving something out of that. But if I say the fur of the cat or when these people use fur coats, And then what are they? They are actually hair along with the skin and sometimes not with the skin, but only the hair. Don't get scared by the word rat hair. It is the fur of some rodents, you know. So he was given these type of, and even all the other brothers who went to uh, four directions for Ashwamedha, they also got, there is a list of things, you know, which they got from different types of, Uh, raw material, clothes which were made from different types of raw material and which were woven in different countries. I must talk at least a little about Kautilya. Kautilya in his Arthashastra says amazing things. He says that every king, you know that he gives you a list of things which a king, how, how should he rule his kingdom? And there used to be a sutra Dhyaksha, Sutra again thread, but he would supervise how weaving was conducted in his kingdom. This Sutra Dhyaksha was supposed to look after the fact that all the raw material was provided to people who spin the, for them, you know, and these people would necessarily be women old women who could not leave their house, sick women, I mean, not very sick, but those who could not come somewhere else and prostitutes, even some ascetic women and all these women, if they could not come to the place of work, remember the raw material, Sutra Dyaksha would see to it that the raw material would be given to these women. I remember in Pune where I lived, there was an office of Lijat Papad. Everybody in India knows this brand. And these Lijjat Papad people in those days would go from door to door of these women and give them the raw material so that they could make the papads. And we now talk of women empowerment and Alpabachadgat and whatnot. All these things were already there in Kautilya's time. Kautilya mentions a huge list of various places, you know, like uh, Mathura, Kalingaka, Kashiko, Vangala and many others just as we talked just now or we listened to just now about Sonalji talking about this Sambalpur and Maheshwari and this and that. But the Kali, the Naga weavers of Kalinga were so famous that in those days in Tamil Nadu the word for cloth was Kalinga, so you can see how Kalinga and cloth and woven cloth had become one and the same. Even Buddhist and Jaina literature has this. In fact, in Divyavadana, this is very interesting. A text called Divyavadana, there is a description of how they used to weave on looms, and they say. The entire story goes like this. First, the weaver would come and take away his Ushunisha. That is his headgear. Keep it on the floor. Then his wife would give him an intoxicating drink called Divya Sudha. I don't know why they needed it. But they needed it, obviously. And then after taking that, he would look up and then start moving his hands and feet at the same time. And his wife stood by him to stretch the thread. And this is how the weaving was done. There is also Tundila and Mahajanaka Jataka, where there are references to weaving. We won't go into that. But in Jaina texts, there is a text called Jambudvipa Pradnyapti and Pradnyati. And there it is said that all these people, the weavers, they belong to a lower, not caste, but lower category, lower social strata. And if they learn to show their skills and weave a patta that is a silk fabric, then they will uplift themselves. So see the weaving, the upliftment of weavers and everything was always there in our literature. Now I better come to the recent things, only a couple of things. And this is part of my ritual, uh, spiritual uh, weaving and all those things. Sonalji she recited the entire Jini Chadariya, which was part of my talk also, but she she has already talked about it. But there is one more Doha of Kabira, which loosely translated would be something like this, you know. It says he Kabira is talking to Rama or Rahima, whatever. He says, Oh God, on the loom of my mind I weave your name every time. But we have to remember that Kabira was an abandoned child. He was adopted by a weaver. So such imagery and such work will always be there. Even in Marathi, there are beautiful songs. Now now that we are talking about Kabira, let me tell you, Vinato Chele Kausal Ram. Those of you who are Marathi, Maharashtrians, you would remember this. And there are many popular songs which have this image of weaving and making cloth to show some philosophy. For example, a beautiful song from a Marathi movie, Jagacha Patiwar, ek dhaga sukhaza. So you would, if you go through the words, the lyrics carefully, you would realize how it is done. But I would like to end my speech or whatever my little uh, thing that I'm doing in front of you now at this webinar, I must mention one song, very recent song, maybe 50 years back, which was written by one poet called P. Savala Ram. Now see the name, Savala is dark complexion, Ram. So just like Kabira, weaving his Shela for Ram, even this fellow has, this poet has done this. And it of course says, you know, that He says, he's talking to Vithala, and he says, oh Vithala, on the loom of your hands and feet, Kara and Charana, what I am doing is, I am weaving the threads of uh, uh, your name and my devotion. That is the most important thing. And he says, in that, when I use this loom, the tantu, mana mana che, tantu taka. Mana mana che, that is with my mind, with my bhava, with my devotion, I do that. But just imagine, the next one is more important. He says, this entire earth was, I mean, we know how the earth was created and we know latitudes and longitudes which in Marathi and Sanskrit is called akshausha and Rekhaunsh. And Saularam tells you, Akshaunshache Rekhaunshache Ubhe Aadave Gumpuna Dhage Vividarangi Vasundhareche vastravinile Vinile Pandurange Can you believe that? That what has Panduranga done? So using latitudes and longitudes, he has woven a colorful garment, colorful fabric for Vasundhara. And since he is the first weaver, because he wore the the cloth for Vasundhara, what a global and universal imagery this is. Just try to imagine the proportion. And he says, therefore, I pray to you. But let me end on a very different note now. So weaving has become a part of our ritual, spiritual, and sometimes even in language, linguistic also, culture also has become a, has taken a lot from weaving. I won't go into the details now. But remember that when Gandhiji first thought of making use of the idea of Swadeshi, what he thought of was Charkha, the spinning wheel. And even today, Khadi Gramodyo still thinks of spinning wheels and that had become the, what should I say, starting point of our Swadeshi movement. We cannot forget that. And so you would know that right from Rugveda through all the other Vedas, Upanishads, Ramayana, Mahabharata, all this time, the looms have come up in a very big way and they part of, they form an important aspect of our culture. But what is very important is that the tradition still flows on in spite of the industrial revolution in Manchester, where the British came you know that the British came and they cut the fingers of the weavers in Varanasi. What a cruel thing to do! You can cut the fingers, you cannot cut the skills, and you cannot cut the traditions, and therefore it will go on. It is a dhaga, it is a tantu, it is otam and protam, and that never has an end. It will flow on and on. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Suchetha It was one of the most, uh, Amritwani, truly, as somebody commented, the way you took us on a journey of 5,000 years, all the way from Rudveda to Kautila's Arthashastra to Jain literature to epics. It was thank you. beautiful. Well-researched well talk, and obviously, I mean, as a as a teacher, I told you that uh, only one word that I can think of is your very caring, your whole personality, the way you explain things. It कुब बोड़े. The the song that you talked about, एक धागा दुखा चा, शंभर धागे दुखा चे, जरतारी है वस्त्र मानवा, It it is a beautiful analogy which takes yes. place the warp and the weft and it talks about i would have it i would have
1: loved to go into details but you know we are running short of time so, so but i, I talk- like that sorry go ahead
0: Ask you a couple of questions, like as I listen to your talk, I realized that uh, there are a lot of English words today used in relation to textiles which look like their roots are actually in Sanskrit, for example drape, could it have come from drapi, sutures, could it have Of come course, from...
1: it has, I told you about kartana, vikartana and skirt, so drapi and drape are same and drapi used to be draped, you know, and uh, and <laughs> Some other time we will talk about this—the similarity between ancient Indian and uh, modern things, not only linguistically but culturally.
0: Okay, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, being here, and uh, it was more than I expected, and I'm truly over. Again, this is a talk that I am going to listen to again and again because the information is so rich and it is so beautifully well-researched and referenced.
1: Glad you, you liked, liked
0: it. take all of it in. But thank, thank you so much, Jitabri. I would like it very much if you stayed uh, for the future sessions. For the next I do time.
1: plan to. I do plan okay, to. Be and all show. the best to Pushyamitra Joshi.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a very young guy who's done a lot of work in natural dyes. Yeah. So he would definitely like you to stay on. And once again, thank you very very much. And I look forward to meeting you in person to talk more about this. Wait till lockdown is lifted
1: up. (laughs) (laughs) Not during lockdown.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely not during. Later,
1: sure. Okay, thank you you once again. Bye. Thank you,